I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is an entertainment podcast and the research we do may come from semi-unreliable sources. Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast. It's the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week, one of us will be the researcher and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Teichman, and this is Paige Dempster. Hi. And today, we're going to do something special for our 50th episode. We have special guest Victor Varnado. Say hi. Is that how you guys always intro the show? That is exactly how we do it every single time. <laughs> you throw in the hi like that too every time? Hi. Yeah. No, sometimes <laughs> I say it differently. <laughs> ah, great job, everybody. <laughs> I am Victor Varnell. Thanks for having me on your show. I'll quiz them about clowns and Paige will quiz us about nail polish. Let's get rebutted. Hey, Paige. Hey, I go first. Oh, you're going to go first? <laughs> no, no, you go first. Okay. Um, it seems that there's a third member in this room. Tell us who you are, stranger, again. Sure. My name is Victor Bernardo. Should I act as robotic as you two? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we have it down to a science. This is how we do things on Research Rebuttal. Okay. okay. Uh, my name is Victor Bernardo. It's very nice to be here. Thank you so much. I know I said that already, but maybe you didn't hear me. Um, no, we did not hear you. So, um, how do you feel about clowns? Like, how have clowns played a role in your life? Either uh, this goes to both of you. One of my best friends is a clown. Really? I hate clowning. Oh. <laughs> but do you like clowns? Do I like clowns? No, I don't. Okay. I, cl- I don't like clowning, which is done by clowns. Got it. Why though? Why? Yeah. Uh, because I've encountered a lot of clowns, and. Uh, the properly trained clowns, I call them, um, they, I, I call them like teacup clowns. Like if I imagine them with a red nose in a black and white photo sipping from a teacup with their finger up, that's what I think of clowns. That's terrifying. That's also <laughs> oddly specific. Thank you. Paige, oh. how about you? Oh no, I'm pretty neutral towards clowns. I've not had any bad experiences with clowns. I survived that weird clown apocalypse we had in 2018. You know, it's whatever. Well, I personally do not like clowns, but I thought that they would be an excellent topic for this episode. So um, let's get ready to clown around, as they say on public television. Oh, I hate it. Thank Good you. Start. It's time to sit on that big comfy couch and... Uh, <gasps> and take some guesses so um all these questions are gonna go to both of you in no particular order whoever wants to guess first should guess first so first what is a clown what is a clown 
a clown is a uh i don't know person who dresses up in clothes to try to distract you from terrible things maybe started as a court jester oh mm-hmm. okay Paige, what, what would you like to say i like the thing that you said about court jesters i'm gonna say dress up isn't necessary but the purpose is to like tell jokes make you happy maybe go honk honk with a nose if you have one okay uh i like y'all's spirit and here's the definition that i lifted from the internet a clown is a person who wears a unique makeup face and flamboyant costume performing comedy in a state of open-mindedness by reversing folkway norms all while using physical comedy all right very wikipedia statement yes it is and so clothes are necessary gotcha it seems to be true and and makeup can't clown naked gotcha (laughs) you cannot clown naked (laughs) uh at least not on this show Uh. where did the term clown originate from oh uh you want me to start yeah where did the term clown originate from there was a guy, uh, he was a Russian dude. His name was uh, Klaus Everschleich. And what he did was he used to entertain the children of the village before he would eventually kill them. And he played a bell that w- w- the children would come to him while he rang this bell. And the bell sound that they would mimic when they would want him to come around. And they'd be, go, clown 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 and uh that's how the that 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 uh emittance eventually became how we pronounce the word clown okay okay um i'll speak to that in a second page what is the origin of the word clown i don't think it's a russian thing i think it's a french thing and similar story along similar vein but <laughs> <laughs> But the noise instead of clown was clown, clown. And us being dirty English speakers, we derived that from, you know, when the Normans invaded. And now we say clown. Um, yeah, okay. So um, I'm going to give an imaginary point to Victor for imagination. And I'm going to subtract an imaginary point from Paige for imagination. Um, well, you know what? <laughs> you said you're editing, right? I am editing. Wow, well, there you go. But I was going to give you a point back. <laughs> but uh-huh. you know what? F*** you. So, um, no, just, this is really funny. I'm just going to make work for you. <laughs> This is exactly what I wanted, and I haven't had to swear at all. (laughs) I'll do the work for both of us. It's okay. So you're both about to get rebutted. Oh. The word clown, as much as I love your story, uh, comes from the Icelandic word kluni, which means a clumsy person. Like of the George variety? Sure. Thank you. You're welcome. Barf. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Who was the first clown? I don't know names. Okay. Um, can you make any guesses? Oh, but you're not even supposed to go first. No, that was just me with my own little outcry. She rushed to the head. 
just, yeah. just wanted to get it started. Yeah. Who is the first clown? Yeah. Can you give can you provide a name and what his uh style of clowning was? Okay, fine. I mean, I just told you it was Klaus Everschmidt, and he would clown by ringing a bell that the kids would chase him and they'd murder the kids. That was the first clown. Uh, that's where the word clown came from, his bell that they would mimic. And uh, and his style of clowning was ringing a bell and murdering children. Okay. And Paige, you said you don't know names. I'm going to give it my best shot. Okay. I think his name was George Clooney. And I think he juggled various fruits and vegetables. Um, okay. You're both wrong. So... The first circus clown was Joseph Grimaldi. Oh, you he, didn't ask what the cir- first circus clown. You said clown. You're right. I did just say clown. I'm going to take off an imaginary point from your scoreboard. I hope you do. He did classic physical tricks, tumbling, and slapstick beatings. Slaps- <laughs> what is a slapstick beating? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where you be someone with it's a big fun joke. <laughs> well, Paige, what do you think a slapstick beating is? Is it perhaps you just beat the heck out of someone for and giggles? It's just stage combat. Is it? It's not. Yeah. It's not. Well, I mean, sort of. It's it is technically stage combat, I guess. It's where like you have a big board and you slap the clown and it's really loud is that where like the term slapstick originated from i had that same question when i was doing this research and i chose not to find out the answer well you slap somebody with a stick i mean it's gotta be close yeah that makes a lot of sense actually yeah so (laughs) slap people with a stick that'd be great yeah and it makes a big fun noise yeah it makes a big fun noise like oh yeah Okay. Just waiting for the third one. But yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I thought that was a thing that you two did because you're the. It was your show. Nah, well, it's something that we did. Sometimes yeah. I slap the desk, but it's only when I get frustrated, like this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who was the first American female circus clown? Oh, uh, I know the answer to this one actually. Really? Really? Who cares? <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> that was a mean-spirited <laughs> response. Point, one point off. You're I feel down. I feel bullied. <laughs> Sorry. Was the first? What was the question again? Who was the first American female circus clown? Yeah, that's right. Who cares? Oh. Paige, would you would you like to give a name? Jojo Siwa. <laughs> In a way, she just said, "Who cares?" Are you are you thinking of like Jojo's Circus? Yeah, which is <laughs> a show that was on when we were little ins. Well, I mean, sort of like it came out after we were the prime audience for Nick Jr., but we were all watching Nick Jr. anyway in secret. Yeah, I watched Nick Jr. till I was like 11. It was very. Yeah. Yeah. We all kind of did. But like in secret. 
How about you, Victor? Did Victor, did you watch Nick Jr. in secret until you were 11? No, I don't like Nick Jr. cartoons. I would like cartoons with guns, aliens, like anthropomorphic cat people and swords. Just that's my thing. I was not, I was never like a regrets or anything. Blue's Clues can have all that stuff if you think about it hard enough. That's true. Sorry, that was unsatisfactory for me. It's fair enough. So the first American female circus clown was named Amelia Butler. Fascinating. Thank you. (laughs) In what year did the red nose become a thing? Oh. The red nose became a thing in... 1921. No. <laughs> can I can I have a hint? <laughs> uh the hint is we don't know the exact year. <laughs> but there is a range. Okay. Um I'm going to say between 1799 and 1873. You're not technically wrong. So um, it was sometime in the 1860s, but can either of you tell me why the red nose became a thing? My guess is that neither of us can. That was the question. Can either of us tell you? And again, my guess is no, neither of us. But would you like to make something up? I can't, but I was answering your question. You said, can either of us tell you? And mm-hmm. I said, no, neither of us can. So I'm, I get that one right. I don't know. Well, Paige might know the answer. Of course we'll I know the answer. Okay, Go tell me. It. It's because, I don't know. No, that's not that's a lie. I do know they would they would take apples and they would slice they would slice into it and they would stick it on their nose and they did it for comedy. What about it made it funny? Because it's an apple on your nose. It's hilarious. Okay, Um, I like it, but you're wrong. So, okay, so that makes me right. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. So the origin of this is possibly a legend but possibly not a legend um there was a performer named tom belling who was like in the circus but wasn't on stage yet he wore oversized clothing and then he physically fell into the ring and when he fell his nose started to bleed and uh the crowd chanted the word auguste which means fool. And thus the clown nose became a thing. So it's modeled after blood. And I see a big parallel between this and uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I see the parallels. Yeah, right? I don't. Yeah, have you ever played Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4? Yes. Okay. Are you aware of the cheat code where whenever you fall... You just bleed excessively. Nope. Okay. There's a cheat code in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 where when you fall, you bleed excessively. And Mm -hmm. that's where the parallel is. Because the cheat code is called clown? I don't remember what the cheat code is called, but it makes you bleed a whole lot. Much like Tom Belling, whose nose bled all over the stage. Oh, so you're just like, you're equating just bleeding. Yes. And Paige got it. So uh, I feel validated. That's great. Yep. Glad I could be in on it in a small way. Yes. What are the different types of clowns? Like, what are their titles? And can you describe them? Unfortunately, 
I used to know more of this and I don't care to anymore. I mean, there's, there were like, uh, what are they called? Or were there mask clowns? And there were, it was like just different styles. There's like, I forgot. It was like some sort of French thing. I don't, I don't remember, but I used to know all those things. I used to okay. date a lot of clowns. You used to date a lot of clowns? Yeah. How oh. do you get into the clown dating world? It helps if you are a naturally funny person and you make the clowns want to be as funny as you. So they try to have sex with you to suck out your humor essence. I don't stand a chance. That sounds delightful. <laughs> does it? It does. I wonder if they have their own dating app. That is my 100% accurate recall recollection of dating a clown. Um, I like your memory. Paige, would you like to take a guess at what the different types of clowns are and their descriptions? Okay, I feel like I might actually know one of these. Yeah, I feel like you will too. Is the French one called a marquee? Like that you were thinking of? I'm not sure. Um, Um, I'm not sure. Well, that sounds like it could be right. Um, And then rodeo clowns are the ones that like get whacked by the bulls and then bleed out on the floor. Do you think they're categorized knowledge? in the type of, cl- I don't know what she's reading though. So who knows what her source is. <laughs> <laughs> Clownopedia. And then also a lot of clowns don't consider other types of clowns clowns. So like they would hate to be categorized <laughs> together. Really? Oh hey, yeah. There's clown discourse. There is yes. clown discourse. Oh. Tons. <laughs> clowns oh are petty. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, wait. So Marky, Rodeo Clown, Juggler, and then there's like the ones that pile up in the tiny car. Um, okay, so I, I think what you're describing are all like subcategories of the main ones, which as as we know, there is discourse around that. But more broadly, um, the first type is called Perio, which is uh you got the French. You oh. you did get that, yeah. Um, and that is the oldest type and they wear full white makeup with red and white features, colorful outfit and wig. And these are the ones that do go back to the court jester times. Got it. So clowning does go back as far as court jesters, which we have a previous episode all about, which you can find on Apple podcasts. Thank you. Um, and (laughs) And um, they are the clowns that set up the joke that other clowns make funny. Got it. So they're like the smart, like, you know, relatively normal clowns. And then... Ah, Perrier water. That's where it comes from? That's exactly where it comes from. Nice. And uh, and then there is the Auguste clown, um, which they have less makeup, more flesh tones, a bigger nose, mismatched costumes. They're often the butt of the joke and their objective is to mess everything up. It's oh. like the hobo clown. Well, we're about to get to that, which is also known as the tramp clown. And they tend to have soot on their face, white around the eyes and mouth, stubble, tattered suit, fingerless gloves, and they are the butt of every joke. Aww. Yeah. Okay. And so the- a joke in every butt if you vote for me. Yeah. That is your campaign promise 2022 mayor of NYC, Victor Varnado. We'll keep it in mind, I guess. 
What percentage of people are afraid of clowns? 100. <laughs> Especially if they have a knife. <laughs> I'm going to say 66. 66%. Okay. Yeah. You two don't like clowns and I feel fairly neutral. So I feel like we have a general swath of the population in that. Yes, I feel as though the three of us are a very good representation of the I general population. I think it's like population. 30, isn't it? Really? Uh, I think not, it's actually 30. Not quite. So it's hard to say overall because there haven't been massive studies on this, but we do know that more Americans are afraid of clowns than they are of climate change. So in this study, they found that 42% were afraid of clowns but only 32% were afraid of climate change. That's disheartening. Yes. But is it surprising? No. How? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, disagreeing. Yeah, I also agree. How long does it take to become a clown? No time at all. You could just say you're a clown. (laughs) This is kind of like... Part of me thinks that right, that's right, but isn't there also like formal clown school that you could go to? Yes. Yes, there definitely is formal clown school. Okay, I'm gonna just assume it takes as long to get that as like a bachelor's degree, so I'll say four years. It takes approximately eight weeks, depending on the school that you're in and the program that you're doing. Now, I seem to recall that I took a clowning class uh, several years ago, And so I declare myself a clown. Can't argue with that, I guess. Yeah. So it's like eight weeks. So it's like community clown college. Basically. Oh, and I want to give a shout out to one of our top fans, Liz, for um, giving us these topics this week. Hi, Liz. Hi, Liz. Hey, Liz. Did you guys grow up in school together? Well, they're cousins. Yeah, Liz is my cousin. I think she's nice. like, uh, gone to the talent show a few times, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's won a few times. Oh, congratulations to her. Yeah. What is the average salary of a full-time clown? Uh, depends on how much their parents are willing to give them. <laughs> well, I'd like to um, make a slight change to this question. Uh-huh. Uh, what is the median salary of a full-time clown? Uh, okay. A full-time clown, I would say... The median salary is 60K. Okay, Paige. 28K. Actually, it is about 60K. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they're a performer. They're a full-time performer. Okay, they're they're making a little bit of dough. Yeah. Not enough to make a whole loaf, but maybe a few crackers. Yeah, I mean, they can get this bread, but just not the whole loaf. Yeah. I'm not participating in this bread analogy. Would you like to? (laughs) Nope. How old, this is the last question, how old is the oldest clown? <laughs> how old is the oldest clown? Yeah. I'm going to say currently 98. Okay. Paige? Are we talking like the oldest clown that's ever lived or the oldest clown that's still alive? The oldest clown that we know remained a clown until their final days. What? This is, you ask questions terribly <laughs> it's part of the show baby yeah it just is i'm gonna guess 83 so actually um creaky creek more 
<laughs> who died at the age of 98. I don't what? know. Right. 98. Yeah, I, I don't know how you got, got one that. right. Yay. Yes. I got one right by accident, one right by trickery. I'm on a roll. That's That's how it works here. And now it's time for a word from our sponsors. Do you have feet? Then you might need socks or shoes. You can get either socks or shoes from our shop on Amazon. We sell socks and shoes for your feet. Do you lack a sense of humor? Does everybody around you just hate you? Do you wish you could make people laugh? Then you need the magic tomato nose. The magic tomato nose. Buy a packet of seeds, grow it on your farm, harvest that special tomato. When you harvest that special tomato, it'll glow. It'll make a siren, cut a little hole into it, put it on your nose, and instantly become the funniest person in the room. It doesn't matter if your favorite comedian is sitting right next to you. The Magic Tomato Nose, on sale yesterday. Brought to you by the American Citrus Council. Okay, welcome back. Hey. It's my turn. Did you get your magic tomato nose? Yeah, and it rotted in the mail, so. Oh, no. I'm growing my own out in the backyard. Don't worry. You this turned is the some mail- pretty good improv. You turned, the- <laughs> you turned the mail person into Mr. Giggles. Yeah, I'm god-awful at improv. Anyway, we're going to talk about nail polish. We are. Yeah. Uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Uh, where did nail polish originate and when was it invented? Nail polish originated in the south of Argentina and it was invented in the year 1743. You're wrong. Nail polish was invented in China in the 1400s, 1500s. You actually got half of it right. It was China, but it was 3000 BCE and yep, 3000 BCE China and different dynasties prefer different colors. Like, for example, the Zhao, Di- Zhao or Zhao? Zhao. Zhao. Okay, yeah. They liked silver and gold. And then eventually red and black became like the preferred of the imperial family. That was actually the, the, the origin was easy because that's, it's all in the ancient art. The ancient. You can see the painted fingers. Oh, that's oh, true. Oh, of like Chinese yeah, art. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. a good point. I never bothered to look at Chinese art. You have some in your house, or at least your mom does. Yeah, that's my mommy's. It's not mine. I never look at that. Oh, okay. Very quickly, it's time for rapid fire. <laughs> We're good at improv in this house. Um, okay, uh, you're going to get one minute to answer as many questions as possible. And if you hear this noise, that means you got it right. And if you hear this noise, that means you got it wrong. Are you ready? Yeah. Which is bigger, New York City or Rhode Island? Uh, New York City. What's the biggest city in the United States? Uh, New York City. <laughs> when were Q-tips invented? Uh, Q-tips were invented in the 1918. <laughs> what's, a, what's a hemorrhoid? A hemorrhoid is a, a blister on your butt, mostly. Is jalapeno flesh hot or is it just the seeds? 
it's the it's flesh. Name one river in Asia. Uh, I don't know, the Euphrates. <laughs> Name one song you can do CPR compressions to. Ten seconds. Uh, Humpty Dance. When Wagyu is being graded, is, is a score of five good or bad? When what is being graded? Too late. You'll never find out. Anyway, uh, what question were we on? Question two, I think. Question two. Okay, cool. Uh, what was nail polish made of back in ye old times? Um, in ye old times, it was made of um, whatever pigments they could find mixed with acrylic. Think that you think they had acrylic back in ye old times? I have no idea. I would say like berries, insects, and mud. Yeah, it was mostly like natural pigment pigments, but like the stuff to bind it was like beeswax, egg whites, gelatin, and something called gum arabic, which I'm not actually sure what it is, but I've heard of it, so sure. And what do you think nail polish is made of today? It depends on the kind, but I'm going to say pigments, natural or otherwise, and acrylic. Latex. Ki- again, kind of. It's like fancy man-made polymers, which could be like latex and all that other fun jazz, thickening agents and stabilizers, and then whatever dyes or pigments that are needed and using whatever sources they have to get the desired color. You can also use things like mica or aluminum powder to get like the sparkly bits. Oh, I like a sparkly bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you talking about the same thing that I'm thinking of? Probably, what probably. Thinking of? Oh, I was thinking of like genitals. Yeah. No, no, not those sparkly bits. The other kinds of sparkly bits. Oh, okay. okay. The, ki- the kinds that are like illegally mined in India, but that's for another time. Mm. Uh, what are cuticles and what purpose do they serve? Cuticles are like the skin where like it's where the uh, munula or whatever it's called, like the back part of your nail where it looks like a little half moon. And it's the skin where that part meets the nail bed. And uh, the purpose they serve is to stop debris and stuff from getting underneath your nail from behind. Okay. Um, my answer is very similar. It's the folded skin at the at the end of your nail, where your nail meets your finger, and it uh, makes a seal. It makes a seal so that you can do things with your talons, our finger, our, our thing. It's as a creature, we've got like these claws, so we can do things with our claws without getting all that stuff stuck underneath our skin. Yeah, you guys both got it pretty much right. The I don't know what you called it, the moonula ratio. It's called a it's called a lanula. Yes, that thank you. Okay. And yeah, it's like the itty bit of skin that's at your the base of your nail. And it's to yeah, it's a thin part of your skin at the bottom of your nails. Purpose is to keep like your nail bed protected and to keep bacteria from getting in under there. And sometimes when you go to a salon, they'll push your cuticles back. Okay. What are the different types of nail polish? You got gel Mm -hmm. you got acrylic you got um growth formula it's like a base coat Uh you have top coats you got um the the crackle kind that was really popular for like a few months 
There's the color changing variety. Uh huh. Glitter. Uh huh. And edible. Cool. I mean, there's like tons of nail polish. There's like, you got the you got like the clear foundation kind or the the kind that um, which is more sealant. Uh, you have the the kind that's like waterproof. You've got the the you get the waterproof you get like the all day resilient one where they can stay on for like five days you've got like the flash kind they call do they call it flash or something like that the ones that are meant to just like look good really really good for like a day and then they're gone um i mean i don't know category i don't know i don't know more i'm sorry that's enough you know no it's okay you did fine you guys, I heard all of the right answers combined between the two of you. There's only like a few different main kinds and like all the rest of those fancy ones are like the subcategories. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's the base coat, which is like, you know, what you put on first, yada, yada, yada. And then there's the top coat, which gives you that shiny little finish. And then there's like that typical run of the mill traditional nail polish that you get at like your Walgreens, your CVS or whatever your drugstore of choice is. Um, there's also lacquer which is distinctly different from traditional nail polish in that like it's slightly thicker and it helps protect your nails better. And then, yeah, there's gels and acrylics. Gels, uh, they need to be dried under a UV lamp and then acrylic, it's like a whole bunch of mess using powders and bonding polish. And that one kind of scares me. My my (laughs) drugstore of choice is a dark alley. What? I said, oh. nothing. Never mind. I just got it. Okay. I had a lot of caffeine today. My brain's kind of delirious. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> What's a French manicure? A French manicure is where they put on a shiny clear coat, uh, like a base, and then so you can still see your nail. And then you put a strip of color, typically white, over like the edges of your nail. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think I would agree with that, except I don't think it always has to be straight through to your nail. Sometimes it's a combination of colors, too. Uh, yeah, it's it's not like a straight, clear coat. It's actually a little bit of like pink or like a natural pigment. And then, yeah, you stick the little white thing on. Though recently there's been or I've only read a little bit about it through my research, but like the 2021 nail nail trend seems to be like French manicure without like the little white tips. I don't know. I tried looking at the nail trends and I got kind of scared. So I backed out. My uh, wife has a, my wife has a friend that um, you can use nail polish in an app to like change your nail color on the fly. That's really? cool. Pretty dope. Damn. That's like high it's, tech. That's like, that's like reminiscent of um, there was this toy that you could buy in the early two thousands. It was uh, usually Barbie branded, but I think Bratz also put one out where it was a printer. You would connect it to your computer. You would go online and make whatever design you wanted. You could draw, it could be anything. And then you would put your nail in the machine and it would print it on your that nail. Is, that is high tech for mid two thousands. Yeah, I didn't have one, but I remember it being a thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't actually know that much about nails or nail polish or nail trends. This was a learning experience for me as well as I'm sure both of you. Well, I used to do a lot of nail art. 
I didn't. I didn't hate, always hated that I stuff actually, when I was younger. I actually, uh, a long time ago, I directed a bunch of tutorial videos about nail polish. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, why, so you, that's why I know anything at all. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you probably know more about this than I do. My gosh. <laughs> oh. Oh, and the reason it's called a French manicure is that it was popularized in France in like the 20s and 30s, but instead of like the nude slash pink, they would actually use a bright red. Oh. Yeah. So like bedazzly, not bedazzly. Because they were hot to trot. Yeah, they were hot to trot. Did they, did they use a magic tomato to get the color? I didn't, I didn't dive that deep, but one can only hope. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. How much does the most expensive bottle of nail polish cost? Oh, um, I'm going to say $275. Going to start at $5,000. It's actually $250,000. Boo. Come on, bougie people. You have, <laughs> you want- you, you're disappointing. <laughs> you wanna, do you guys want to guess why it's so expensive? Well, there's... Is there gold in it? Is that part of it? Um, there's... It's a name brand. Yeah, you're paying for the brand. It's like a luxury brand called Azatur or Azator, and it's uh, like a Hollywood-based brand. It's not gold. It's actually 267 carats worth of black diamond. Oh. Yeah, and the half-ounce bottle costs 250K. Uh, you know what? Um, billionaires can keep it. <laughs> well said does nail polish damage your nails it does if you don't use a base coat um it depends on how you apply it uh essentially i guess yeah um you're like you know drugstore cvs walgreens back alley nail polish won't actually damage your nails permanently the discoloration is completely temporary even if you use a base coat or not doesn't matter it's like the gel polishes and the acrylic nail polishes that can actually permanently damage you. And that's because, you know, like the gel polish, you're exposing yourself to UV. And then both of them, the gel and the acrylic, getting it off requires like heavy use of nail polish remover and like buffing and scrubbing. And that can actually permanently damage your nails. And if you're worried about that kind of stuff, there actually are like special brands of non-toxic nail polish that don't have like certain resins and polymers in them that are super safe for your nails won't discolor them any of that jazz all right there's like all this discourse between sally hansen versus essie and oh here we go and essie is supposed to be considered like the best mainstream brand and i gotta say i've used both essie and sally hansen and a lot of the time like sally hansen is just kind of better Oh, yeah. Like I will. I, I can mess with an Essie. Don't get me wrong. But Sally Hansen, much more consistent. Can't relate. Don't care for that stuff at all. OK. So I don't know if either of you knew this, but 40 percent of like all nail technicians in the U.S. are actually Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take a guess as to why that is? Well, there's like a trade, there's like a labor trade, and it ends up with a lot of nail technicians being oppressed and taken advantage of. Okay, we'll talk about that part in a bit. Yeah, I, I, I'm guessing that it's a, 
it is a job that spread amongst the community. And then probably more Vietnamese people started owning places because they knew it was a business that they could do well. And so more Vietnamese and they hired more Vietnamese people and so forth and so on until they just took over. Yeah, that's that's the gist of it. So back during the Vietnam War, a bunch of Vietnamese people immigrated to the U.S. to escape the fighting. And as part of a charity event, there was an American actress named Tippi Hedren. And she brought her personal nail manicurist in to teach 20 Vietnamese refugee women how to do nails as part of a charity event. And then these women went on to teach other women in their family and then so on and so forth until, yeah, it was completely, almost completely taken over by like Vietnamese families back from the Vietnam War. Way to go, Vietnamese. Yeah. Very wholesome. It started out very wholesome. It's going to get dark in a sec. Yeah. So that's, it's mostly the West Coast that has Vietnamese nail technicians. I think California alone has 60 to 70% like exclusively Vietnamese nail technicians. New York City and the surrounding area actually has a lot of Korean and Hispanic nail technicians. And the the working conditions in this part of the country specifically for nail technicians is notoriously bad and unjust it could probably be its own episode but i don't want to get too far into it right now so you were you were right in that part rachel <laughs> congratulations i wish i wasn't yeah uh last question i'm just glad you're right about something <laughs> me too how long are the world's longest fingernails? Oh, it's that lady. I forget her name. Um, and they curl a little bit. So it's like difficult. A to lot. Get. Not a little. A well, lot. Yeah, they curl. So it's like kind of hard to get the exact number. But um, I think the last time she was measured, it they were around like four feet. Right. OK. And I thought three and a half feet. I am pleased to say you two together as one are both wrong. I know the lady that you're thinking of, and she used to hold the record. Oh, she doesn't anymore? No, I didn't even bother to learn her name. Ah. It's a, it's now held by a guy in India. His name is Sridhar Chalal. And in 2014, the Guinness World, the Guinness uh, Record Book measured his nails. And first of all, he only did this on his left hand. So imagine how wild that is to live your life like that. <laughs> On his one hand, it was collectively 358 inches, but divided amongst all his fingers, that's a little under six feet per nail. <laughs> and like gross. <laughs> it was so gross. His, his were different from the ladies. Like his went down like kind of straight for like the first five feet. Uh-huh. And then the last foot of each of them was like a spirally, like you know, those like spiral straws. Yeah. yeah, was it was it like an elf shoe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. And that was in 2014. He actually cut them in 2018. So he did no he longer... record it? Is there a video of it? I think there's a video of it on the Guinness website. Oh my god. So you can look for that if you want. I think he's living a very happy life now. Did he donate them to somebody who is going through chemo and needs nails? Do they, is that a thing? Like, I don't, I don't think so. (laughs) Pretty sure that's not a thing. I like to think that maybe he like hung them on his mantle. Oh, I like that too. It's like a Christmas stocking. 
Yeah, or like deer antlers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and there's actually like a story as to why he did it. Why why he cut them or why he grew them? Why he grew them. Why did he grow them? So in 1952, when he was a wee lad, his friend accidentally broke the nail of like their teacher's hand. And that like was all nicely grown out and manicured. So he actually like physically abused him and his friend. And when they asked why he was doing that, he said something along the lines of, you won't understand the pain that I feel until you have long nails. So out of spite, Tridar was like, okay, fine. I'm going to grow my nails out. So he spent 66 years growing his (laughs) nails out to that ridiculous length. And I think he outlived his teacher on it too. So props to him, to be honest. That is like the kind of petty stuff that we need more of in this world. That is the amount of spite that I achieved to reach in this world. Sridhar is quite a clown. And with that, we've come full circle. Well, that about does it for this episode of Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can find us on social media. Okay. <laughs> All right. At, at Research Rebut on Twitter and at Research Rebuttal Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can email us topic suggestions at Research Rebuttal Podcast at gmail.com. And um, you can also email the American Citrus Council at American Citrus Council at gmail.com in order to give them your business. And I don't mean of the economic variety. I mean of the angry variety because American Citrus Council, what are you doing? Why haven't you sponsored us yet? We are getting angry. Um, and a special thank you again to Liz for these topic suggestions and many of the questions. And thank you to special guest Victor Varnado for this episode 50. And um, where where can the internet find you? Oh, if you want to find me, I would check out unseemlyquestions.com where you can find my well-structured podcast. Nice. Anywhere else? That no, just there. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> That's where I live. I'll be on That's the couch. Where I live. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for listening. Bye. See ya. Whoa. <laughs> uh, thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.